Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, local celebrity. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, international celebrity. Thank you. Matt McLean. Hello. <laughs> Every Tuesday, we release a new episode, mostly true crime, but we've also been known to cover a pandemic, a haunting, a super mad, super strong chimpanzee. We'll cover anything and everything scary. Please rate us five stars and join us on Instagram at Everything Scary Pod. Here we go. Hello, hello. Hello, welcome to our number two. <laughs> hello, number two. So, yeah, we're doing uh, part two of the Menendez Brothers. If you haven't listened to part one, um, you're probably going to be lost. You're probably going to be lost. But if you like to do things backwards, we're not here to tell you what to do. I don't care what order you listen to. I'm not your real mom, and I never will be. As long as you like and leave a review. Yes, please do like and leave a review. And you know what? If you're on Patreon, you probably just heard one. That's great. If you're not on Patreon, we have a Patreon. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that we will give you to be part of our Patreon. (laughs) We send personal notes. Yep. Um, We do draws, incentive draws. Yeah. The odd feet pick. Yep. Uh, Bonus episodes. Yep. No ads. Nudes. Matt sends nudes. Tons of nudes. Even when you ask him to stop. Even when you're like, listen, we get it. You've got hairy areolas. I'm like, I'm showing you my bear test because you subscribe. You might have to move <laughs> to yes. stop getting these You'll pictures. you probably have to move. And you go into some sort of intense protective treatment. Custody. <laughs> PC thing. <laughs> protective custody. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start where we left off. We're going into the trials. So, now remember, these guys were arrested in 1990. Okay. Their trial would not start until July of 1993. Okay, so you said the murder was committed in 1989? 89, yeah. So when you said that, I was like, I was so confused because I was like, I remember watching this in the the early 90s, I thought. So, yeah, okay. It was 89, and then they were arrested in the 90s. March 8th was Lyle. March 11th was uh, Eric. And then they sat... In a holding cell for over three years, isn't one of their constitutional rights the right to a speedy trial? Yes. Now, what is a speedy trial considered then? Well, I think once the trial starts, they can speed it up. Maybe. Oh, so you can sit there and rot until it I starts. think I don't think it's on the timeline of the trial to start. I think it's once the trial starts. And I think it's so the lawyers don't bog it down with a bunch of legal bullshit. You can gotcha. just kind of get into the case. and like, well, I want to read this case study. And this guy, I'm going to filibuster until we get to do a proper jury or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really okay. know. Basically, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, that was I'm a long way to say you didn't know. Assuming. You took a long path to get to I don't know. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of filler words so in there. one of my best qualities is a broadcaster. <laughs> just say words. Mm-hmm. String them in a somewhat comprehensive sentence and... Uh, People think I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So, three years. um, But during this time, they were kept in a holding cell together, which was great. I watched an interview with them during this time, and it was Barbara Walters that conducted the interview. Jailhouse interview? Yeah, and it was painful to watch. Like, I know know as a society, I think we're a lot softer than we used to be. Yes, more sensitive. We're very, very sensitive. But the way she was talking to them, and I know, like, these guys, these are are the murderers. Mm Mm-hmm. But she, well, I don't know, she was so rude. And she asks Eric about his sexuality oh. because apparently, like, a lot of people were saying, like, he was 18 years old when he was getting sexually assaulted by his dad. Like, he's a full grown man. Like, mm-hmm. is he gay? And, and that's what they were saying. And she just flat oh out God. asks him, like, are you gay? What the fuck? And he's like, no, I'm not gay. And I'm like, you can't. What the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Why are you asking him so that? So bizarre, right? Like, that's none of your fucking business. This is murder. They're not mutually exclusive. Like. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Barbara. I don't. Oh. I don't know what came over me. 
Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> She's not dead. What? Barbara Walters isn't dead. You don't know that Barbara Walters is dead? Barbara Walters is not dead, Matt. Are you kidding me? No, I'm going to look this up real quick. Oh, no. All right, this is going to be... Okay, you got to talk because I'm looking it up. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> I've lost my appetite. I've lost my willingness. What did she die from? Uh, what are you talking about? What are you she talking about? Like elderly? I don't know. Yeah, Barbara Oh, Walters. my God, she died last year, December 30th. Why are, you, why are you saying that to me like that? Because it just happened. Yeah. You're making it seem like she's been dead and gone for like, and what I. What does that, it should be more <laughs> known to you if she died more recently. You're making it seem like I was at the, I was a pallbearer. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how you didn't know that she was dead. She's like the biggest journalist in the world. Okay. Wow. That is what a piece debatable. Of crap. Oh. Debatable. Okay, listen, we know that you love Maury. <laughs> he was the best of our generation, and you know it. All right, fine. <laughs> wow. RIP. Sorry, Barbara, but you're a bit of a dick in this interview. Well, if you're just finding that out, hopefully you're not a fan of the Golden Girls show. <laughs> I got a cast update for you that you are not going to like. I'm, I'm just waiting for Michael Jackson's new album to drop. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, fine. Barbara Walters is dead, guys. You heard it here first. No, no, <laughs> they didn't. They heard it on the news when it happened first. Like three weeks ago. Give wow. me a break. <sighs> I'm very busy. I'm either true criming, mumming, crimin'. or watching Vanderpump. There's a lot going on on Vanderpump right now. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you very much for yes. being sensitive to the scandal. I'm sorry. Hmm. The scandal. Exactly. God. All right. So. Yeah, let's get back to this. I'm really upset about Barbara now, though. Yes, you, sorry, you're mourning. You've, you've thrown a wrench in the rest of my day. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did watch an interview with them during this time. With Barbara the Walters. Late Barbara Walters. Yep. With the, the late Barbara Walters. And they were admitting to what they did. They acknowledged that they should be punished, but the one thing that would make the punishment unbearable is if they would be separated during their confinement. Mm. When interviewing the brothers, Barbara Walters just blurted out to Eric that people thought he was gay. And she just says, Are you gay? <laughs> like, what on earth does that have to do with anything? He says, No, he's not, though. When she asks Eric what words he would use to describe his father, he says, brutal, painful, torturous, and at the same time, he still found him to be one of the most powerful and brilliant people he had ever met. Yeah, crazy. During this, Lyle says that he believes that the reason people didn't have empathy for them was because it was his brother that he was trying to protect. He said that he feels as though if it had been a sister, that would have changed everything. And I can't help but believe that that's probably spot on. Really? You think that if we found out that a father was raping a girl and her brother came to her aid and helped her, do you think it yeah, would be different? No. Yeah, you're sorry. I mean, yes. Yeah. It would yeah. be perceived differently, I think. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Um, the way the trial took place was very strange. I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, the brothers were tried together, but they had separate defense attorneys and they each had their own jury. Oh, I don't remember that. Yes. So... Spoiler alert, this is one of two trials, so you might remember the second one. Okay. This was the only one televised, though, so if you were watching it on television, this is the one. Yeah, probably. So if something was being said that was pertaining only to Lyle, Eric's jury would be asked to leave and vice versa. Oh, my God. What a clunky 
right? to do a trial. Yeah, no, totally. Everybody out. Okay, yeah. continue. Yeah, everybody exactly. back in. Okay, hey guys, you we, guys out. we started talking about Lyle again. Get back yeah. in here. Guys, uh, I need you to go in the cone of silence, okay? <laughs> need you to earmuff it for me. They all plug their ears. Yeah. The one jersey has got fingers in the ears. Ah, la, 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 <laughs> ah, la, la. I'm not hearing you. I'm not listening. Uh, so Lyle's attorney was Jill Lansing, but the real showstopper was Eric's attorney, and her name was Leslie Abramson. And the judge was Judge Stanley M. Weisberg. So this was the first ever televised court case, and I was able to watch quite a bit of it. I watched the testimony of both brothers, and let me tell you, if those guys were acting, they deserve a Golden Globe. Is that what you sent me? What? Which the, one? Uh, I, the Lyle. I sent you Lyle's. Yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't even, like, it's, Eric's is like three hours long, and I watched, there was like a full hour and like 45 minutes on Lyle's. Wow. And it's, um, it's hard to watch. They would tell their stories of physical and sexual abuse at the hands of their father and how their mother was complicit in all of it. I am going to save you some of the super descriptive things that they say. Thank you. Because there's a lot. It's very descriptive. But envision just about any way someone can be sexually assaulted, and that happened. That was there. Mm -hmm. For Lyle, it happened between the ages of six to eight years old. Jose would tell him that this was the best way for a father and son to bond. He would take him down the hallway and into a bedroom, and everyone would know when Jose was alone with Lyle, no one is to go into that room. The Menendez brothers would have 51 witnesses stand up and say that they either knew of the abuse or that now that they were hearing about it, it made sense because of things that had been heard and said. I mean, can you really do that, though? Like, go back and, oh, it fits there, fits your own. Yeah, but I mean, it's like kind of with us, too, right? Like, hindsight's twenty twenty, like... Yeah, until true. you have like an actual thing that you're like something's, something's off, off like, and then something's oh, off and then into place. oh they're saying that's what happens okay now this makes a little bit more sense mm -hmm. so Lyle's cousin Andy said that then when they were little Lyle asked Andy if his own father ever massaged Andy's private parts and Andy would testify that he moved to Florida but he and Eric were still really close and Eric wrote him a letter once uh, that was submitted, and in it he writes, it's still happening, Andy, but it's worse for me now. I can't explain it. He's just so overweight that I can't stand to see him. I never know when it's going to happen, and it's driving me crazy. Every night I stay up thinking that he might come in. I need to put it out of my mind. I know what you said before, but I'm afraid. You just don't know Dad like I do. He's crazy. He warned me a hundred times about telling anyone, especially Lyle. Am I a serious wimpus? I don't know. I'll make it through, though. I can handle it, Andy. I need to stop thinking about it. Oh, my God. That's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking, isn't it? Jesus. Lyle believed that the reason the abuse stopped for him is because he had told his cousin Diane about the sexual abuse, and Diane went and got Kitty and brought her into the room, where she told her what was happening, and soon after, for Lyle, the abuse stopped. Diane would get up and testify, and they would say that her testimony was probably the most powerful one to be heard. Mm. Another witness would testify, though, that they had been in the Menendez house when Jose, Lyle, and Eric all went into the shower together. At this time, Eric was 13 and Lyle was 15. Yeah, it's a little old. Yeah. Shower with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the boy's uncle, Peter Cano, said he once visited the family when Lyle was about five. And Lyle was running around playing and Jose stopped him and whispered something in his ear. And Peter said Lyle looked so frightened and in the moment he wet his pants. Jose then took him down a hallway, and Peter watched as Jose used a closed fist and punched Lyle in the stomach at the age of five. 
Wow. Peter said that he yelled to Jose to stop, and Jose yelled back, if you don't like it, you can leave my house. And that's just what Peter did, and he had not seen Lyle since then. Wow. Uh, Cousin Alan Anderson took the stand and would say he had witnessed Jose grab Lyle by the hair and drag him down the hallway. And once said Eric got smacked in the face so hard that he was knocked off his feet uh, simply for walking into the room. Wow. Volatile. Right. Dude. Yeah. Wow. When Eric testified, he would basically tell the story that his father had been sexually assaulting him basically from the time that things ended with Lyle right up until days before the murders. And how old were they in the murders? Like, they it, were like uh, Eric was 18 and Lyle was 21. Right, okay. That young. Yeah. I thought that for some reason they were older. No. He had a lot of the same experiences and during the trial, they would produce photos. Now, this is damning, okay? Because mm-hmm. you can say all you want, maybe they asked their cousin to lie for them or whatever. So they would produce photos that Jose had taken and there were a lot of nude pictures that he had taken of the boys. Mm. Some pictures would just be their torsos and other would be them in suggestive positions as really young children. Wow. Yeah. And this was, sorry, this was entered as evidence as in evidence. the trial? Yep. So they were taken of them as a very young age. When they were showing the photos of just the torsos, Lyle declared one of them was Eric. And when he was asked how he knew, he pointed out a birthmark that Eric has on his arm. The brothers are both very emotional during the trial. And these 100, like I can't stress enough how this does not look like they're faking it. Yeah. Like the veins in their foreheads are like bulging. Like they're, they look like they're, they're in so much pain. Yeah. It, and like I said, if they are acting, then holy shit, like get them on the screen mm-hmm. because it's unbelievable. Some damning evidence that was brought up against the brothers was that Eric had actually written a full screenplay and it was called Friends. Did you hear about this? Uh, the show Friends? Yeah. Yes. Eric is actually, he <laughs> no, invented, became a very successful sitcom. <laughs> Too bad he couldn't, you know, he, he, he's got a lot of commissary, though. He that. modeled the character Chandler <laughs> after himself. Uh, he wrote it with his friend Craig Cigarelli. And the plot of the screenplay was basically about a young man whose name was Hamilton Cromwell. Oh, my God. And he chooses to kill his father so oh, that <laughs> they can inherit his $157 million estate. This Craig Cigarelli fella, who was also actually the first person to roll over on the boys... Eric had told him during a game of chess what they had done. Eric was telling this to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he told them during a game of chess, and Cigarelli would bring the information to the police. They gave him a recording device that looked like a normal calculator <laughs> and tried to get a recording of Eric confessing again, but he actually just recanted what he had just said the first time and told him that he had been lying about what he said. Now, I don't know about mm. you, but if I confess something like this to one of my friends and the next time I saw them, they're just randomly carrying around a calculator. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to tell you Have that your again. friends seen a calculator? The group you travel with, they wouldn't even know what a calculator is. No, we they? just, we're really good at math in our head. Oh, shit. <laughs> you bastard. That's a good one. I hate you. But imagine you just showed up, though, like in yeah. the 80s, too. You're like, hey, guys, like, what's going to jump out at you? Like a super big math problem? That you yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, hey, I just got a job at Texas Instruments. <laughs> I just need to do a super quick calculation. <laughs> 15 minutes late. Yeah, well, according to my calculations, <laughs> I find it's 15 minutes early. like, Craig, why are you, don't you have a pocket? Like, why is that just in your hand? Why is it out on the table aimed at me? <laughs> so, again, the aggressive spending would also come up, and it really made them look like spoiled brats. When the fact that Lyle had wanted a Porsche from his father, and when all he got was that Alfa Romero, Ugh. and this made Lyle resent his father. Do you know that this is 
basically exactly the same storyline that is going on in wrestling right now in the WWE with Dominic Mysterio and his father, Rey Mysterio. He, he bought him an Alfa Romero? Well, so Dominic was like, you know what, Dad? They're fighting each other. Of course. Feuding, right? Yeah, well, it wouldn't um, be the WWE. Yeah, like, Dad, you were never around growing up. And you know what? I was so embarrassed. When I turned 16, all my friends got Mercedes Benz. And what did you get me? A fucking Beamer. Oh, like, my that's why God. This Sunday at WrestleMania. Oh, God. You and me. <laughs> they just stole it from the Menendez brothers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and there is also this movie that Jose's production company had produced. Mm -hmm. And it was called Billionaire Boys Club. Have you heard of it? I think I have. Yeah. Or maybe a clothing line or something. I don't know. There is something else because I went to look up the movie and it said like, there is, I think, a clothing line. I think you're right. Yeah. But uh, it was about a group of guys who decided to kill one of the guy's fathers to have access to all of his money. And there was just a few similarities between the way the movie plays out and the Menendez boys. After the murders, Eric bought a Jeep Wrangler, which was the vehicle that was driven by the main character in the movie. <laughs> in the movie, the boys would use the alibi of going to a theater. And Lyle and Eric had also just seen the movie a few weeks prior to the murder of their parents. <laughs> this is their dad's movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it was from live entertainment. Oh my God, this is good shit, eh, bro? Yeah, write this down. <laughs> So during their trial, Leslie Abramson was successful in getting the word sociopath banned from the trial. But she also tried to unsuccessfully have the word murder banned from the murder trial. Huh. How would that? <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're finding them guilty on first degree. <laughs> first degree murder. Mistake. Killing it. Making the dead. <laughs> Um, when Eric was asked when they decided that this was what they were going to do, he broke down on the stand. So this was when Lyle was asked when they decided they were going to do this. Uh, he broke down on the stand and said that they decided this needed to happen when Eric had confessed to Lyle that their father had been raping him. There was also an incident with Lyle a few days before the murders where Lyle and Kitty had been arguing and she ripped the toupee off Lyle's head. Uh -oh. And exposed to Eric that Lyle was actually bald since the age of 14. Wow. Eric said that he had no idea that his brother even wore a toupee and that Kitty had just done that to humiliate him. And it was this event that led to the brothers discussing the abuse that their parents had inflicted on them. And during this conversation, Eric mentioned to Lyle that he was being sexually abused. Lyle would say that he believed that he and his father had some sort of a devil's deal where he would keep their secret, but he was under the impression that their father would not touch his younger brother. Mm, okay. Lyle would say that he confronted his father about the abuse towards Eric, and Jose responded, what I do with my son is none of your business. I warn you, don't throw your life away. Lyle said he told his father that if the abuse continues, he would expose what he had been doing, and Jose would say, we all make choices in son life. Eric made his, you make yours. Lyle said he found this response to be in a very threatening tone, and from this conversation, he felt like their lives were in danger. Jose would also tell him, you're going to tell everyone and I'm not going to let that happen. And this is why when they were asked why they didn't just move or to get away from the abuse, Lyle said something along the lines that his father was not the type of person to just let them leave and take with them this secret that could ruin everything that he had worked so hard for. So he would want to yes. make sure. He said that they would spend their life looking over their shoulder, wondering 
if today would be the day that their father would take them out. Mm. And when asked why Kitty was also murdered, Eric said that one day he had tears in his eyes when he was leaving the room after his father had assaulted him. And Kitty asked what was wrong with him. And he told her that she wouldn't understand. And she told him that she did understand and basically fessed up to knowing everything about what was going on the entire time. And Eric said in that moment, he no longer saw them as individuals, but now saw them as one unit. And complicit with each other, Mm -hmm. endorsing each other's behavior. After deliberating for 16 days, Eric's jury told Judge Weisberg that they could not come up with a verdict. However, they were asked to go back into deliberations and try to come to an agreement. But after three weeks, it was deadlocked. Unaware of the conclusion Eric's jury had reached on January 28th, Lyle's jury also claimed not to be able to come to an agreement about the verdict. The men and women could not agree as the men believed Lyle should get first degree murder while the women believed all their sexual abuse allegations and believed that they should only receive involuntary manslaughter. So there was now going to have to be a second trial. Mistrial, I guess? Yeah, or it was, hung it was jury, deemed, or Yeah, it was that... deemed a mistrial. So the media made complete and utter mockery of this trial. It was some of the SNL stuff and the uh, Letterman jokes and stuff at the time. And I mean, even in our house, like my, you know, if my parents are getting on my nerves and, you know, more now, but it'd be like, I hey, get Lyle on the phone and refer to my brother. <laughs> are you threatening to kill your parents? That's, what I, that's the joke. And it's just so. The, the SNL and they're making fun of them for crying and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like. At the end of the day, like, it still boils down to these guys were assaulted. Mm -hmm. And yes, they're rich. And yes, they're entitled. And yes, I think both things are true. Like, they were assaulted and they can be little shits. Yep. But you can't. Like, that's it was so insensitive, I thought. And Kathy Griffin, oh, God, I hate her anyways. I hope she's not a patron. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she is. What? Why Kathy Griffin? Because listen to what she said. So she would pose as a reporter outside of a courthouse and in she was, you know, doing a skit mm-hmm. and she would say, here's the deal. You stick a toothbrush up your six-year-old kid's ass, he gets to blow you away. And the family, in this family, this is the rule. What? Yeah. What the fuck? Because that was something that happened was that he was sodomizing them with toothbrushes. Oh, God. Why Kathy? Was that SNL? Yeah, I don't know if or it was SNL. Just it was some, just a skit of some sort that yeah. I just, I was just Googling things like crazy and that one popped up and I was like, ew. Well, I mean, also like specifically from like SNL to make fun of people crying on the stand, like whatever. But I mean, I think for me, the, the part that really, again, in hindsight, they're specifically, though, the scenes that they are mocking are when they're talking about the abuse. Not, right. Not their rich lifestyle or the time they couldn't get a reservation. That, I think, is open season for very true. anybody. Once you put the trial on TV, it's in the lexicon. It's ripe for parody. That's a very good point. And while you can make fun of absolutely anything you deem funny, SNL, there's just some things, I think, that should maybe be left We're looking along. at you, Rob Snyder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the Kathy Griffin one, I was like, oh my God, because that is that's something that happened. Crazy. And she thought that that was funny to talk about sodomy of a six-year-old. But hmm. I don't consider myself to be overly sensitive either. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to like kid rape, uh, it's pretty... Yeah, call me crazy. Not a lot of fun <laughs> stuff there. So, you know, not a fun topic. Maybe I'm a prude. <laughs> so it was really kind of disgusting how it was all handled. And it definitely would not be handled that way today. Mm-mm. So the first trial would last from July 20th of 1993 and would go to January 28th of 1994. 
And the second one would begin on August 23rd of 1995 and would go through to March 20th of 1996. And there was a few things that were working against Lyle and Eric in this second time around. Firstly, O.J. Simpson had just been acquitted on October 3rd of 1995. <laughs> oh, their old buddy. Yep. It's Dad's old friend. <laughs> hey, O.J. Which, you want to know something funny, is that he was acquitted on October 3rd of 1995. And then for the robbery... He was found guilty on October 3rd of 2008. Oh, really? <laughs> Same yeah. day? Uh, He's like, this after- is my, my celebration day. <laughs> Fucking OJ. Listen, you get away with a double homicide, the next time you commit he, any kind of crime, they're coming after you. So. He's like, I thought it was just because it was my stuff. Was I was my, allowed to take it. That's a weird OJ impression. But, yeah, that's exactly how he sounds. Have you never seen any interviews with him? <laughs> I see him on Twitter all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Like, that was my stuff. <laughs> Hello, Twitter world. It's yeah, your friend OJ. You're not my friend. It's crazy. Did you ever see the family guy with O.J. Simpson? And he's so nice to everybody and everybody loves him until he just like loses it and kills everybody. Oh my God, no. It's it's a lot. (laughs) Family guy really walks a fine line. They're pretty good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so right in the middle of the Menendez brother trial, O.J. gets acquitted. So the DA of California had this massive blow when it's like... No shit. O.J. definitely should not have been acquitted. So now they had something to prove. Also, what was now coined as the abuse excuse, they weren't allowed to use it anymore. So they were no longer allowed to discuss the sexual or physical abuse that they had suffered at the hands of their father. And why is that? Because they deemed it irrelevant. Um, okay, while I do see them as separate, and I think that there's, I don't know, very little things that would justify a murder, um, I think that there might have been some extenuating circumstances that could have been looked at. Yeah, I definitely don't think that that specifically should have been taken off the table. That's a very, very important, it's the only thing they had going for them. That's the only thing. Other than that, they're just, what do they call it nowadays, affluenza? Where you're so, no, when you're so um, rich that you're just, you're entitled and you're... Affluent? But it's called like affluent, what's it called? That's when you're so rich, it's sick, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I hit the lotto. My numbers came up. I'm affluenza. (laughs) Can I get a what? What? (laughs) All right. I love how I'm so broke, I don't even know the term for rich. (laughs) You're like, you know, it's that rich. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so they, yeah, they're no longer allowed to use this. So the reason behind that is because they say it's not directly involved with the crime. None of those 51 witnesses were allowed to come up and testify. Their cousin, Diane, whose testimony had been so powerful the first time, she wasn't allowed to come up. And she was the one who discussed a five-year-old Lyle coming up to her and discussing things that his father had done to him. But we weren't allowed to have any of that. So... All we have now is these rich kids that killed their parents to get their father's $14 million estate and $5 million life insurance policy that live entertainment had taken out on Jose. And in 2023 dollars, those amounts are the $14 million is $34,078,258.00. Whoa, hello, doctor. And uh, the $5 million is $12,170,806.40. Wow. So they're pretty big amounts of money. Yeah. And their lavish spending after all the murders, of course, did not help. Another thing that did not help and only made them look a lot worse was at their parents' funeral, they rolled up to their service late. Oh, God. In a stretch limo. Oh, God. And someone complimented Lyle's expensive new shoes, and he made a joke 
to the effect that Jose had left some pretty big shoes to fill. Oh, boy. Wow. Think these through, man. Oh, man. And people found it off-putting, rightfully so. Uh, it was yeah, probably, I, like, right after that guy was like, yeah, you know, he used to love to humiliate people. And then Lyle's like, he left some pretty big <laughs> shoes that fell, am I right? <laughs> like, people are just like, this funeral is off the hook. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people rolling up in limos. <laughs> So the defense really only had one thing that they could use, and that was they went after Dr. Ozeal and how corrupt he had been and how he had two mistresses file complaints against him. They also tried to say that, like I mentioned before, he was only recording the boys so that he could blackmail the brothers. This time, too, there was only one jury, though, which, thank goodness. A regular court case. Yes, which I don't know if that works for or against them. But what was crazy about the other jury was that one could have been found guilty and one could have been found innocent. True, yeah. That would have been weird, Or eh? different counts. Yeah. Right? Different, which would mean probably different jails. Right, well. Depending on how much you're getting, where you're going. Yep. Um, so I thought the fact that they had two juries before was strange, and now their defense attorney was only Leslie Abramson, and it was the same judge. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that done purposely or a random filing? Know, but like, we're not allowed to bring the abuse in there. Like, you can't unring a bell. You can't put the toothpaste uh, yeah. back in the toothpaste holder container. I don't know what they're called. Tube? <laughs> Tube. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> also, this time Lyle did not testify. And it was not aired on TV. So the second trial lasted just under seven months. And the jury deliberated for three weeks and came back with a guilty verdict for first-degree murder as well as conspiracy to commit murder. Wow, still three-week deliberation, though. Yeah. But if you're the jury, you're getting free food, so maybe that had something to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't think so. I would hope not. It depends. If it's Panera. Oh, yeah, true. Crab cakes. (laughs) They were both given two times life sentences without the possibility of parole. Eric would say of receiving his sentence... I was going to spend the rest of my life in prison without the possibility of ever being released. I was devastated. The brothers had put in a request to at least be sent to the same prison, and this request was denied. Why is that? Oh, because they committed the same crime, probably? You know what? I'll talk about it a little bit later on, but I think it was just an an additional blow. Damn it, I want you to talk about it now. (laughs) Fine, I'll wait. So... The last time that Eric and Lyle saw each other was when they waved at each other across a prison yard in 1996. Lyle would end up going to Mule Creek State Prison and Eric would go to Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego. But that is not where this story ends. Eric got married in prison to a woman named Tammy and they remain married to this day. Uh, Tammy would publish a book about her marriage called They Said We'd Never Make It, My Life with Eric Mendez. Oh, my God. Yeah, capitalizing off of it, eh? Say we'd never make it. Yeah, you can't blame them for that call, <laughs> early call, Tammy, with an I, probably. No, no, with a Y. All right. Sorry for judging, Tammy. <laughs> In 1995, Lyle married a model by the name of Anna Erickson. Bullshit. She was hot. All right. <laughs> But she would find out that he had some other lady pen pals, and I guess that's the prison version of cheating, and she divorced him in 2001. What was her name? Anna Erickson. Right, Lyle Menendez, too, so nothing else comes up. All right. Uh, Lyle would remarry a woman named Rebecca in 2003, and they're still married to this day. Oh, my God. I mean, she's got a little, you know, um, was it Warren Jeff's hairdo going on with the It's the 80s. What do you want? Oh, that is actually, you know what? I, I do understand because I watch Love After Lockup and on and a smaller how scale. How many of them do you want to marry? Well, zero. I know there's two, but 
Um, <laughs> we just doubled. We went up 200% yeah. in half a second. <laughs> so it's mind-blowing to me, the people that see somebody on a trial or something. It's, it's a celebrity, right? You know what? I was listening to the funniest. It's really, it's not for the faint of heart, but mm-hmm. uh, the funniest podcast is the last podcast on the left. But uh, they were talking about Lyle's toupee, too, and... Henry was talking and he was like, yeah. And like everybody's saying like, that must be like a really expensive toupee because like it fits so seamlessly. And he's like, it looks like a raccoon curled up on the top of his head and fell asleep. I'm shocked that the mom pulled it off and not the dad after all those stories you told me of him ripping him out of the pool by his hair. Well, the dad was probably like, oh, I did enough damage here. Bald at 14. Oh, God. So yeah, Lyle would remarry in 2003. They're still married today. Um, Is he bald now? Yes, totally bald. Remember, I showed you the picture. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he's, 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 he's the guy like in the right shaved it right shirt. off, Mister Clean. As of right now, they have exhausted all of their appeals. The last one was on September seventh of two thousand and five, and it was denied, obviously. But as of just recently, you know what I'm going to mention. Mm-hmm. In April of this year, twenty twenty three, Menudo singer Roy Rosello would come forward and say that in the seventies. At a time when Jose was employed by RCA Records and under their label, they had signed Puerto Rican boy band Menudo. And there's a documentary out called Menendez and Menudo, Boys Betrayed, which is on Peacock, so I can't get it. Ooh, I can send you a link. What? How? I've asked you, matey. Your boy's a pirate. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) But Roy Rosello would claim to have been drugged, given wine, and sodomized by Jose at his home when they lived in New Jersey. This is what the brothers needed to get a new trial. It will not be easy, however. Well, that sounded really red, eh? It will not be easy. It will not be easy, they said. (laughs) (laughs) Off the cuff and an unrehearsed red line. Um, It takes a lot to undo a conviction. Firstly, they would need to file a petition. The petition would have to be reviewed by a Supreme Court judge. The judge would have to grant a new trial, and then the defense, of course, would have to win the trial. Right. However, this is the most hope that these brothers have had in a long time. Uh, There's actually a petition on change.org. They want to reach 500,000 signatures, and they're currently sitting at just over 300 signatures. (laughs) I signed it. 300? Yeah. God. 300,000. Oh, that's better. I signed it. I would love to see these guys get a new trial, because if even half of the things that they're saying is true, I think they've more than done their time. Like, they essentially suffered and were prisoners their entire life, Mm -hmm. sexually and physically, and like... They both suffered in different ways, though. Like, Lyle was forced to work hard, and then Eric was just kind of there. Yeah. Just existing, and then every now and then would just get smacked in the face for no reason. For just walking into the room. Kept his hair, though. (laughs) I think I'm going to end this by reading what Eric said when he heard the news that his father had allegedly victimized another young boy. And I said this to you before, and I wasn't going to say it on air, but I, I like Eric. I do like, I think. Yeah, kind of the neglected. The neglected, mm -hmm. like the the throwaway kid is what he was called. Um, When he asked about how he felt about this, and this is what Eric said. He said, frankly, to be honest, I feel horrible. It's sad to know that there's another victim of my father, you know. I always hoped and believed that one day the truth about my dad would come out, but I never wished for it to come out like this. The result of trauma that another kid has suffered, and it makes me very sad. And Lyle would say, It's pretty overwhelming to hear that. We've heard rumors that something like this might have happened with Menudo through the years. It's a remarkable thing to happen so many decades later. Of course, you know that it would have made a difference at trial. Certainly, that would have made an enormous difference because the entire trial centered on the belief about these events. So, like, it's pretty clear that Lyle does seem a little bit bitter. 
Is it like crazy for me to think, and I might be in the minority here, that like I, I think that I don't know if that fully matters. It just would prove that their whole story was true. It was abuse that they were suffering. Like if if this guy's sodomizing random boy members, then you know I don't know. Like and th- let's say that that's all true. Like just for this discussion here, that the abuse allegations are are all true. I just don't know if that. If there's ever really a justification for such a brutality, such brutality from it just seems like two people that would not normally do something like that, and all the premeditation and going out and stealing the ID, like that's really, you know, not to not to jump to Eric's defense again, your boy, my boy. No, <laughs> that's I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that, but it was supposed to be Lyle would take out. Jose and Eric would take out Kitty mm-hmm. and Eric couldn't do it. Like he did, I think after Lyle had fired the shots, he did some of like the knee shots to make it look like it was a, a mob posthumous, hit. Yes. Probably. So it was, he, not that, you know, I'm not trying to dull it down or anything. It's they, they both did a horrendous thing, but I don't think, and they haven't gotten in any trouble in prison. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that they pose a threat to society. Right. Yeah. So, like I said, Lyle does seem a little bitter that Roy did not come out sooner because clearly if he did, maybe it would have made a difference and they wouldn't have lost all these years of their lives. Today, Eric is 52 and Lyle is 55. And to end things off on a positive note, because I like to do that. Yeah. In February of 2018, Lyle was moved to R.J. Donovan Correctional Facility and the brothers reunited after 22 years apart. And that is the very confusing story of Lyle and Eric Menendez. There was a ton there that I had no idea about. I went down a rabbit hole in this one. Like I didn't know that he was ever the dad was ever in the movies. I thought I thought he was just a music guy. Do you know that time. their house, the house that he bought in 90210, Michael Jackson lived there, Prince lived there, a Saudi Arabian prince lived there, and Elton John lived there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Pretty big spot. Yeah, it's a big it's a, but apparently the inside like it was like, you know, this big, beautiful house. It's 90210, but the inside was all, like, cheaply done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Save a little bit of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know what? I struggle with this and, and cases like this of, you know, vigilante justice and stuff yeah. like that. And there's, you know, that there's, you ever see the memes? I don't know if they're ever real, but you see, you know, it's just a guy at a courtroom. It's like Texas father killed the guy that abused his daughter and the jury uh, quitted him on all There's charges. There's an actual and, case almost exactly like that where some guy was molesting some guy's son. Mm-hmm. And as they were, and there's a very famous picture of it when they, they had the guy in custody and the guy's in cuffs and he's walking along and the dad was pretending to be on a oh, payphone. Oh, the airport. And he turned around and he blew the guy away. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't hate him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. It's like, yes, these guys took it upon themselves. If I ever found out that somebody was hurting my kids like that, I would make sure that they were set. They had a nice place to be and live. And then I would have to, I would have to do what I have to do. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe it's, you know, I'm not a parent and maybe that's a little bit of it. I just feel that there's a channel for this stuff. And I'm a big believer in the system. Yeah, the system. And the proper channels. And I know that it is a flawed system and it doesn't always work. But listen to this though. Like this... And I don't want to, you know, that that was Leslie Abramson's, like, that was her defense tactic was she was trying to make these grown men look like boys. And so she put them in, like, colorful sweaters, took them out of their suits and put them in colorful sweaters. And she never referred to them as anything other than the boys. Right. So she was trying to, you know, make them look softer. But 
they were boys when this stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. And like six to eight was when he was raping his son. Yeah. That's so formative. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, the system, that's great. But what did you want him to turn out like? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if these things, and he has proven that he's not going to be a problem in society. And that's kind of what we're going for, right? We're looking to lock these people away so that yeah, we can re- prevent. Yeah, you want to rehabilitate them so they can be a productive member of society. Ultimately is the goal, yeah. Well then, but also you can look at the Menudo kid. He got raped and he's he didn't kill anybody. But like, I don't know. I would like to see a retrial. That's what I would like to see. And let's see if maybe, you know, these guys, they've talked, they've done so many like, you know, phone interviews and it's actually really really painful to listen to because they get like their allotted minutes and then uh, like a voice comes on it's like you have 60 seconds left Mm. on this phone and i'm like oh my god go to the warden's office or something make this call (laughs) warden kaiser phone (laughs) come on lyle get in here bud yeah uh so i don't know i think complicated than i thought it was it's very complicated it's I'm, i'm i've been very torn because there are things like and lyle too when he went to princeton he had put in a request to have his own dorm room. And then when he went in, there was somebody else's shit there. Mm. And so he just took all of that guy's shit and threw it out into the hallway. <sighs> and it's like, <sighs> come on. Like, Titled obviously asshole. you are entitled. Yeah. But they were abused too. So it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, they're fucking idiots. And mm-hmm. then other times I'm like, I really don't like the fact that they're in prison this long. Like, it's been 34 years. So if... Um, let's say the first trial, they were found guilty in the first trial and it was the, um, was it involuntarily manslaughter? Involuntary manslaughter? Involuntary, yeah. That obviously probably doesn't carry a 30-something year sentence no, to it. So no. if that was the, if if they had, were able to bring in the sexual abuse and all those allegations, maybe lesser time in jail obviously is what. I would think so. I would think that if that was allowed. And I, I think it's such a huge factor in it. Like I don't understand how it could get denied from being in the court case like it's just that's the reason behind it you know what i mean 51 witnesses mm-hmm. came up and these weren't just family members these were coaches and these were teachers and these were people who had just jose didn't give a fuck who he was doing this shit in front of like right. he was just he was doing what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it and if he didn't like it get out of his face he doesn't want to hear it mm-hmm. and like there's so many people that said that these things happen and i just don't think they hadn't heard anybody else like lyle was a bit of a douche but aside from that i don't know I always thought, like, my impression of it, you know, as somebody who was, I don't know, I guess maybe 14 when the trial was on in 94. Here's the, So my whole um, uh, assumption of the trial was that it was these two rich kids killed the parents for the money. Once they got caught and they were like, oh, no, we were sexually assaulted. We were abused. Here's another thing, though. Yeah. Lyle and Eric both held credit cards that had no limits while their parents were alive. So what more money would you need? They had money. And Mm. that's what they said. Like some of their witnesses were saying like, this is what they did. Like aside from, I guess, the Porsche, because he got his Alfa Romero, whatever the hell that is. uh, What did he do? He had the the tech guy search the computers for the new will. Yes. I mean, right at. That's not a good look. Money was on their mind as as probably it is on every rich person's mind all the time. Yeah, that, that part there isn't a good look for sure. But... I mean, when one of the witnesses did say, that's just Lyle and Eric spending like Lyle and Eric spent. Like, right. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. So. Wasn't uncharacteristic. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't uncharacteristic. Other than blowing a fortune. No. That's just them. And Eric would say that, yes, they were going out and they were spending lavish amounts of money. He goes, and, and I think we can kind of confirm what he's saying is true because 
he, anytime somebody would listen, he would tell them what was happening. Mm -hmm. And he was sick to his stomach about this stuff. But he was saying that he was spending money because he had to get his mind off of things. He had to be out doing something or else he was just stewing in his thoughts. Yeah. And I mean, I can see that too. Sure. Right. I'd well, love to know more about what that time was between uh, them getting arrested and the murders. Yeah. It was a long time. It was a long time. They got arrested in March. It happened in August. So September, October, November, December, January, February, March, like seven months, eight months. Yeah. They must have been shitting their pants. <sighs> I don't know. You know, when you're a, a rich kid, you probably don't have many thoughts. <laughs> Can't relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I want to know everybody's thoughts on this one because this. Yeah, that's a good call. It was a different spin on this case than I thought. Um, a lot of new info. I didn't think I would end up liking Eric. That was not on my radar of things to happen when researching the Menendez brothers. It's. I didn't think there would be so much abuse from the father. Yeah. And not to discount it, I just didn't think that that was a part of it, and mm -hmm. I just thought that that was something they made up as an excuse. Yeah. Not knowing the roots of it. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot of it was very real. If not, there was one story that I left out because I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And it was that Lyle had a pet rabbit and apparently the parents didn't like the pet rabbit so they killed it and then they just left it for Lyle to find. But they were like, mm -hmm. and it's it, it's in multiple articles and podcasts, mm -hmm. but it says that it, they left it for him to find and then the, both the parents were involved in killing the rabbit. And I just can't picture, like, two parents being like, like, it would be one thing if, like, some, like, this abusive dude got upset and, like, kicked the rabbit or something like that. But I can't imagine, like, two people getting together. Murdering, and, like, a, bunny. murdering a bunny. <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy <laughs> to commit bunny murder. Like, it just seems, that seems like it would be too organized for a bunny murder. <laughs> right. Yeah. No shit. So, I don't know. What do I know? What does everybody think? I'd love to hear it. No. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Retro. Okay. Until next time. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.